Welcome to the Scratching Post podcast. My name is Drew Edwards of the Hamilton Spectator. This is our second podcast covering the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and I wanted to thank everybody for the positive feedback on our opening episode. I asked listeners to submit questions, and I got a few, and most of them were all the same. When are you going to talk about free agency? What are the Ticats going to do in free agency? Who are the Ticats going to sign in free agency? What do you think the Ticats should do in free agency? Okay, I got it. You want me to talk about free agency? And I'm going to do that, I promise. Eh, just not in this particular podcast. Okay, look, there are two big events in February. One is the schedule, and the second is free agency. The schedule came out on Tuesday of this week, and free agency happens next Tuesday. So this particular episode, we are going to devote to the schedule, and then I'm going to do another podcast uh, probably later in the week, maybe Saturday at the latest, and that one will deal strictly with free agency. So I will get to those free agent issues. I also think it's really important to wait until we have a better sense of what the market looks like, what guys are going to resign, that sort of thing. I mean, you can do a free agent podcast, write a free agent story, and then it changes before free agency because guys resign with their teams and the landscape changes. So I do want to wait until not necessarily the last possible moment, but pretty late in the process before delving into free agency. I also need to do my homework, which I think is important too. So we will get into free agency, I promise, but we're going to talk about the schedule on this particular podcast. I'm going to talk a little bit about it, and we're also going to talk to uh, Kent Austin, head coach of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, about it, and we're going to talk to Matt Affneck about it, too. He is uh, an executive with the Hamilton Tiger Cats on the business side. His title is the Executive Vice President for business operations and uh, he'll talk about more of it from a business perspective so um, yeah let's talk a little bit about the schedule before we get to to Kent Uh, I wrote a story that appeared on Three Down Nation uh, and it talked a little bit about the challenges from a football perspective in this schedule Uh, obviously the bye weeks are an issue they have bye weeks in weeks two and ten which means they're going to play ten straight weeks without uh, a bye that's a and then head straight into the playoffs Uh, now if if they're playing in the east final and they'll get a bye that first week of the playoffs that's great but if they have to play in the semifinal uh, that last part of the schedule is going to be very tough they'll play four games in 21 days heading into the east semifinal uh, and that could be a real challenge they've got uh, I think three weeks where they're on short weeks five days uh, between games uh, and they do not face a single opponent uh, that faces that same challenge so they do not really face an opponent that's coming off of five days rest whereas they face that challenge three times Um, and the other thing that's interesting from from a from a football perspective is that they play opponents coming off a bye in weeks 17, 18, and 19. Uh, two of those opponents are in the East Division, uh, Ottawa coming off a bye, Montreal coming off a bye, and the other team they face is the Calgary Stampeders. All the Stampeders have done is gone 9-0 and since 2010 coming off a bye. That's a significant uh, advantage. Teams, generally speaking, in the CFL in the last, since 2010, uh, their winning percentage is about uh, 5,400. They're about seven games over 500. So, uh, uh, it is an advantage to come off the bye week, and the Ticats are going to face teams uh, in that situation down the stretch, three weeks in a row, uh, heading into the last part of the season. Again, uh, very, very challenging from a football perspective. Now, uh, from a business perspective, and we'll hear Afnet talk about this to a certain extent, um, 
it's not a, not a terrible schedule by any stretch of the imaginations. Uh, you'll hear him talk about compression. The gaps between games has been an issue for the Ticats. They had five uh, weeks between games and six weeks between games in the last two seasons. Uh, this year, there isn't a significant gap uh, between uh, games. Their, their home opener is late. That's in part because of the bye. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, it's a pretty good schedule from a business perspective. But we're going to let uh, AFNAC... Maddie explain uh, exactly why that is. So overall, I think from a from a fan perspective, schedule is not too bad. From a football perspective, though, I think there are some real concerns. Obviously, Austin isn't going to say that uh, in his interview. He's going to talk more about how they're going to deal with some of the challenges there. I wouldn't expect Austin uh, to criticize the schedule makers uh, publicly. Certainly. If only because he doesn't want to give his team uh, the opportunity to use it as an excuse. And and that has been a refrain that, that Austin-led teams have had the last four years. Don't forget, this is a team that played a season in Guelph, that has dealt with all kinds of stadium issues. And it was a real focus of Austin's not to use those elements as, as an excuse. And, of course, if you're talking publicly about – how crappy the schedule is, then you allow your team to develop that mindset as well. And so, you know, I think personally that if Austin uh, probably isn't particularly happy with the schedule uh, personally, but he isn't going to say that publicly. Uh, and, and I don't think anybody from the organization is going to. I think you have to read between the lines and look at the challenges that, that the Ticats are facing versus the challenges that other teams are facing. So with that in mind, uh, let's talk to head coach Kent Austin about the schedule. What's your what's your take on this guy? Well, you know, first of all, I'd say that that and you know that this is far from a perfect science, and everybody in the league understands that that you know, the schedule um, is 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 tough to arrive at, and it's a real it's a job I wouldn't want if I were in the league office. Sure, um, you know, there's there's you know, nobody's going to have a perfect schedule and nobody's going to be perfectly happy with the schedule. Um, that's kind of the nature of it. And, and we all, we all understand that in the league and, um, you know, we got to play our game. So, you know, specifically to our schedule, uh, I think the, you know, the thing that we're going to have to be real conscious of is, is the 10 games in a row to finish the season before the playoffs. Um, and look at how to manage that time properly for our players because uh, we have our first, you know, our two buys are before the before we play our ninth game, so we're going to have to manage that properly. Is there are there things that you can do? I mean, what 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 can you do to mitigate some of those things? Well, it's we were already looking at um, the most up to date science uh, in regards to the prep week and how to manage the prep week and when to when to um, have a higher intensity as opposed to a lower intensity um, in a given week of preparation, those types of things. So we're, we're looking at all that research right now. And uh, this, you know, this schedule um, probably will, will, will push us towards making some changes in how we structure our work week, which we were leaning towards anyway. Okay. So there are 
so there are things you can do just in terms of easing the workload or changing the nature of practice that will make things easier for guys and changing how we practice and and where we you know where we decide to have uh, um, higher load days if you will during the week okay um, so we're looking at all that right now we haven't slammed the gavel down on anything but uh, we're looking at the research and and then we'll take that research and we'll back into our schedule and, and figure out something that we feel like is the best for a football team going into the year. And then obviously, as you know, it's kind of a dynamic model uh, as you experience injuries and you look at the composition of your roster, uh, things can, things need to, and, and we'll stay very fluid. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to say about the schedule? No, <laughs> no, just, <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, it's out and, uh, we're glad it's out and, um, and now we can, as a staff, we can start to prepare, uh, for our prep time and, and prepare for, you know, the time that we give our players off and, and how we schedule each, uh, each work week, if you will, uh, again, knowing that, that we leave that open-ended according to the, the health of our, and of our football team and, you know, how fresh we are or, or, or um, you know, how tired we are as a football team as we monitor that during the season. After getting the football perspective on the schedule, I thought it would be interesting to get the football operations perspective as well. So I talked to Matt Afnack, who is the Executive Vice President of Business Operations for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Matt's been involved in the creation, programming, everything you can think of involving Tim Hortons Field virtually from the day it was conceived, Matt was involved in that process. Uh, largely a behind-the-scenes guy, he's taken a more prominent role in the last couple of years as sort of the voice and face of the Ticats business operations. Uh, very interesting, smart guy. Uh, lots of enthusiasm, which you'll you'll see from this interview. So, Mr. Affneck, there's always two sides of the schedule. One's the football side and one's the business side. Uh, mm-hmm. what's, what's your take on the schedule from the from the business side, uh, overall, Drew, we're uh, we're extremely positive uh, and and pleased with the schedule. Uh, there, there's numerous reasons for that. There's a great mix of dates, weekdays, weekends, holidays. Uh, one of the things you'll notice relative to schedules the last two years, there's not really any large gaps uh, where we're out of market and not playing at home. There was a, a five week gap in, in fifteen and a six week, uh, excuse me, a five week gap in sixteen and a six week gap. In 15, you know, those obviously create compressed home game schedules to make the dates up, right? So a compression of games, not having those, that's one of the biggest pieces of feedback from our season seed holders uh, that they wanted to see change in the schedule. Uh, relative to last season, we have an extra summer game. We know our fans love coming to Tim Hortons Field uh, when the weather is great, so that's a huge positive for us. And, and obviously there's a, a couple of big events on the schedule too, right? Uh, the primetime Labor Day Classic, which was the highest rated game of the CFL season last year, again, allows us to create the day long of programming uh, in our partnership with Supercall and delivering the free concert out in the plaza. 
And as well, we'll host the uh, the uh, Hall of Fame game uh, in the fall again. We'll work with the CFL about what exact uh, game date that will be. But uh, two big events uh, coming on the schedule as well this season. So uh, lots of reasons to be positive. If there's a concern, it's it's that, again, the Tigers don't have a, a home opener until, what, the 16th? No, it's not even until week one, week two. It won't be until the 15th of July. Is that a concern at all? No, not at all. I, I think part of that is obviously we have a bye week uh, schedule in there as well. But, uh, you know, I listen, we uh, – the, the, the middle of July home date, the fact that it's a Saturday, again, we'll be able to create a day-long worth of programming. We're, we're uh, extremely positive about that home opener date. Um, n- not a lot of afternoon games, right? I, in fact, I don't think there's a single – the earliest start time for home games this year is 6.30. Uh, yep. is, was there a was – a, was was, did the Tigers have a, a say in that, or is that just the way it worked out? Yeah, I think it's it's more the way that it worked out. I think, you know, at the end of the day, uh, when everyone reviews the schedule on the day the schedule's released, you know, last year uh, we faced a lot of questions about, about moving the Labor Day Classic um, to an evening game, and, and we all know uh, just because it broke with tradition and it was a monumental success, the most successful thing that we did last year. Uh, you know, we don't uh, we don't have any concern. We have a couple early evening kickoffs against the Argos at 6.30, and, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're not concerned about it. Two home dates against the Argos. Uh, that's got to be good as well. I mean, that's I mean, that's the rivalry, right? That's the one people are always interested in seeing. Yeah, no, no question. We actually have three if you if you count the preseason. preseason yeah. Um, yeah, so so having them down here, and you know, I think that second game um, is is excellent relative. Just it's going to be a very competitive time in the season, right? So to have it September thirtieth. You know, there's probably a lot at stake from a football perspective uh, on that date. And, and uh, you know, having it on a Saturday early evening, uh, you know, it's a great kickoff date on a great date. So uh, we're, we're, we're thrilled to have the Argos here three times this year. And no Sunday home games. Uh, again, is that, is, there any, is that just the way it worked out? Or is that, do, do you prefer the Friday and Saturday games? Yeah, that's. That's how it uh, work at, worked out, and that's how it shook out. We we didn't have a, a Sunday last year either, um, right? So we don't, uh, you know, we don't have uh, any data sets that that suggest Sundays are are uh, a need for us, and we don't, frankly, get a lot of that feedback from our CNC holders either. So uh, no Sundays, but we we also didn't have any last year either. So okay, uh, is there anything about the schedule that concerns you? I know you're a positive guy by nature. Uh, yep. But is there anything about this that that, that worry you at all? No, there's there's just far more to be positive about than uh, than to be concerned about. And uh, you know, I think listen, there's uh, there's a couple quick uh, turnarounds there, especially on the on the home opener and the in the Thursday Edmonton game. You know, we've dealt with those over the last couple of years. We've we've you know um, we've dealt with quick turnarounds from home opener to the first one. And and you know, again, we're 27 consecutive sellouts at Tim Hortons Field. So we will uh, make sure that those games and and as I said, we're expecting a sold out season for the whole year this year. Uh, any other plans to, to that people can expect to, to see in the stadium this year? Any other tricks up your sleeve for for this year? Yeah, there's there's certainly some stuff that we're working on that'll be released in due time as we get closer to the season. But you know, another announcement of today was our My Ticks Exchange program, which uh, is is not an insignificant thing and in, uh, relative to our season seat holders being able to uh, exchange seats for games they can't attend up to 10 business days before the game itself, right? So that is, uh, we've done our due diligence, hands down the most flexible 
uh, exchange program that exists in our league. And, you know, listen, at the end of the day, our business is about creating value uh, for season seed holders and being able to provide them flexibility. Listen, we all know stuff comes up. You've got a wedding, a family commitment, a work travel commitment um, that you can't get down to a game. So what this will allow people to do is exchange their season seats for uh, the equivalent of equal or lesser value in terms of seats for additional seats for another game. So, you know, we, over the course of a season, sell thousands and thousands of additional game tickets to season seat holders. This uh, exchange program will let them have extra tickets um, to other games while kind of supplies last um, and, and really add value. And, and since the schedule is released and the announcement of that MyTix, the phones have been uh, lighting up very positive about the flexibility this creates for our seed and seed holders. That, that MyTix uh, system last year, I mean, you went away from paper tickets. Uh, I used it last year and it worked, it worked like a charm. I was able to transfer tickets in certain situations, was able to print tickets when I wanted to, use my phone when I wanted to. Uh, did, did you, how was the general feedback on that? I wondered about sort of, you know, I'm pretty comfortable with technology. Uh, not yep. everybody is, although I transferred tickets to my dad. He had no problem with it either. So I'm just wondering what the feedback's been like. It, it's been universally positive, and I think that that is as much, Drew, a, a sign of the times that we're in. Just think about your kind of everyday existence, right, or anyone's everyday existence, about how much of their life is conducted online. And all of those things are rooted in the fact that it's just more convenient, right? So things from boarding passes to banking, I think just right. generally speaking, the trend of, of modern life going online and becoming a digital function helped us in that process. But your experience that you just shared is the same experience that we've heard. Sure, there's some you know, um, things you've got to work through with people that they understand how they log in and they understand those types of details. But once you have a, a very brief and uh, service discussion with those people, um, it was very easy to get past. So uh, overall, there's, there's certainly no going back. Uh, it's been a very positive experience, and uh, the digital thing has been excellent for us. Okay. Anything else you'd like to add? Is there anything else that uh, you can tell people about uh, what's coming up? Uh, we will continue to uh, um, find ways to add value to people's live experience. You know, listen, in, in 2017, going to a live sport, sporting event uh, is about your experience, and uh, we're excited about some of the things we have planned relative to uh, how we're going to make it a better experience for people. You know, we're, we're three years in um, to our experience at Tim Hortons Field, and, and we've learned a few things along the way. So as we get closer to the season, you know, today's really about the schedule, the release of the schedule, and, you know, that's a significant day on the calendar. Of, of any CFL offseason, so we'll let that uh, own the day, so to speak, today. But as we get closer to the season, we the, our fans can look forward to um, hearing about and, and seeing uh, some of the things that we're doing and will do for 17 to make sure that uh, we're always on the cutting edge of, of giving them a great experience at the stadium. I was going to say, now you can go ahead and plan your holidays, but you don't get holidays during this season, do you? Uh, depends. I think uh, uh, it depends what it is, but uh, a couple buys in the summer is, is no big deal. But listen, we're all like you. I know you believe this too. We're all very fortunate to do this for a living. Absolutely and right. Uh, right? It's uh, No one is going to complain about being able to go watch football live for a living or travel around the country if you're fortunate enough to do that. So uh, all things equal, it's good. But you're right. I think if nothing else, it provides you the certainty of when you're working and when you're off. So Fair enough. Thanks for doing this. My pleasure, Drew. Talk to you soon.